Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast discusses sexual assault and abusive relationships. If any of these conversations are triggering, please contact 1-800-RESPECT. That's... 1-800-RESPECT. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast, Let's Chat series. I'm your host Demi Lynch and today we are talking about a very serious, quite overwhelming topic, and that is abusive relationships and sexual assault. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, if this episode is triggering, I do ask you that you do seek out 1-800-RESPECT. These conversations might be overwhelming to some, so I do ask you that you be careful if you're listening to this episode if you two are experiencing an abusive relationship or have a history with abusive partners. Today's episode, I spoke with a woman named Liv, and she has bravely spoken about her experience being in an abusive relationship and how that abusive relationship affected her. She spoke to me about how her mental health deteriorated and just functioning in day-to-day life really changed due to the horrible experience that she dealt with during this six-year relationship. So I hope this conversation will hopefully at least just help someone out there that has or is in an abusive relationship. So my dear, thank you for coming onto the podcast to talk about your story. I just... We've already gone briefly over, like, what your story is, what has happened, and can I just say thank you so much for just trusting me to tell your story to others, because I think it will help so many people. Not a problem at all. So, if we can rewind back a bit Mm -hmm. to the year where you met him. Now, we're not going to refer to him as a name or even a fake name. He doesn't exist. He's non-existent right now so he doesn't deserve a name mm-hmm. he's just going to be him yeah but how exactly did you meet him so i met him when i was relatively young late teenage years early 20s i met him through church actually we both have a church background uh and he was kind of friends with my brother a little bit um yeah we just sort of hit it off Mm. And was he very much, I think when we had this discussion earlier, you said that at the get-go, he was very, like, very lovey-dovey, like, lots of love bombing, like, just things seemed to just really, like, kick off really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Things were very intense, very fast. Uh, He hit me with the I love yous very quickly. 
I was getting gifts. I, yeah, it was full on and incredibly quickly. Mm. At the time, I didn't know that that was a problem <laughs> because I was very inexperienced with relationships, really. Mm. Uh, it was my first great love and, yeah, it, it felt really good at the time. Yeah, because I can imagine, like, as well, like, you're very young and, because what did you say, you were 19 at the time, was it? Yeah, 19, 20, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so at that time, I can imagine you were just like, oh, he's amazing, he's doing all these amazing things, but, yeah, I can imagine now, while you're re-looking at your relationship then, that was yeah, definitely signs of love bombing. Yeah, for mm. sure. I mean, he was showing me all those things that you see in movies mm. and, yeah, you feel great at the time. But yeah, now looking back in hindsight, they were probably red flags. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't know then what I know now. Mm. So when did things start to get a bit more bad in the relationship? Like when did things like take a turn? Mm-hmm. So we had a couple of quite good years. Yeah. Uh, but in saying that, there were some warning signs that I ignored. Mm. Uh, there were parts of his personality that were quite aggressive and volatile. And to begin with, he kind of hid that quite well, but there were still little signs. But after about that two-year mark, I think that's where he really struggled to, you know, conceal that any longer. Mm. So there was also a period of time where he was going without alcohol because he was, I believe he had an alcohol issue um from my experience anyway so as soon as he started back drinking again it definitely yeah went downhill from there Mm -hmm. so what was like some of the signs then that now that you look back now what was like some of the signs then once he started drinking that like things was starting to change a bit Mm -hmm. his personality changed a lot he got a lot more volatile and aggressive Mm. Um, the things started to happen more like him punching brick walls or, I mean, he's punched his car before, um, in our relationship, he, like within that time, he broke two car windscreens, one of them being mine by, you know, punching them or throwing something through them. And, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, it's fine. He was just, you know, upset about something. But in reality, that's not an appropriate reaction to something. So, yeah, that was some of the, I guess, actions that he was doing that I don't think were right. (laughs) Yeah. When he did those things, did you ever think or do you ever think now, shit, that could have been me, the person he was punching? Or did you think like, oh, at least he's punching the car and not me? Whereas like Mm. other women, they do get punched by their partners. At least I didn't get punched. Like, did you ever think that? Yeah, I absolutely thought that. Mm. Um, I think that when he was aggressive and punching things and breaking things and throwing things, Mm. to me, that just built up this fear. Like, I was afraid of him. Yeah. Because I was like, at what point is that going to be me? In my head, I was like, one day it is going to progress to the point where he's hitting me. Um, and to be honest, there were points where I did wish that he was because I was like, if he's hitting me, then I feel like people will understand how toxic this relationship is and it will be okay to leave. Mm. Cause I felt like a lot of, a lot of these actions, yeah, they were over the top reactions. 
but in my mind I was like yeah but it's not that bad he's not hitting me I you know I can stick it out yeah so yeah a lot of the time I was like I just wish it was me because then I can leave and people will get it um because yeah that's an okay thing to leave a relationship for Mm. Because it's there's kind of like this notion that like you know like oh men just get so angry so easily like you know that's just just how they let out their emotions. It's, mm. At least he's letting out his angry emotions and stuff like that. But like, women don't have to punch through a car window to mm. let out their emotions or have the other person be in fear, thinking that they're going to be hit themselves. Like yeah. it's not an okay way to let out your emotions at all. Yeah, absolutely mm. not. And I mean, there were times too where he would even just yelling like yelling straight into someone's face, that's not a a healthy or appropriate way to express your emotions. Mm. Um, But I guess a lot of men, they they don't know how to express it healthily. And I Mm. think that that could be potentially a problem. Now, I definitely am not saying that all men do this, Mm. um, but there are some and it, it bothers me that a lot of them get away with it. They're not pulled up on this inappropriate behavior because I mean I'm definitely guilty of it I was like you know at least it's not at least he's not hitting me um but yeah he was never kind of pulled up on that inappropriate behavior by anyone and I do feel like I couldn't at that point I couldn't because if I did stand up for myself or say anything that would just antagonize him more Mm -hmm. and I was like then what kind of danger am I putting myself into yeah so when these fights would happen what would happen after them was he the type of person that would apologize and say like oh this is never going to happen again or would he just pretend like nothing happened and just go the rest of his day like what would what was the cycle like was it like a regular thing of how it ended each fight uh it was a bit of a combination of both he'd either kind of ignore me or he'd blame me somehow twist it so that it was all my fault um and yeah it was kind of a hard situation to be in because I'm not really I'm I'm quite passive Mm. I'm not one to actually want to fight with someone I'm non-confrontational sort of be constantly put within this confrontational situation it was really hard for me Mm. um so yeah he would he'd either ignore me or carry on for days uh, or he'd just act like nothing's happened and be like, why don't you love me now? <laughs> I'm like, you literally just were screaming in my face. It's very hard to love you in this moment. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of very turbulent. Yeah. And prior to this interview, we had a discussion and you mentioned that's something that was very much like a sign, like this is really, really bad was when you, there was a discussion about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So what exactly happened? Like, when did you realize, like, yeah, this this man is sexually assaulting me? So there was a situation where he said to me, I wish you wouldn't cry. And he was, he was referring to during, you know, sex. Yeah. Uh, so he said, I wish you wouldn't cry because it makes me feel like I'm raping you. And at that point, that was when I realized that that was in fact what he was doing. Like he, he was sexually assaulting me and I literally had no idea. (laughs) Uh, So that, that's a bit of a scary thought because I think there are probably many people that are out there that 
may have been sexually assaulted by a partner and not even know it mm. because I felt like, you know, part, people that are in long-term relationships, they have sex. It's, it's part of it. But I guess what I had trouble processing was the fact that even if I said no or was not interested, it'd happen anyway. Mm. And I, you know, now after going and, and having therapy and things, I've realized that what I do is I dissociate. So even at the time when I was crying and not at all into it, I didn't really know. I wasn't in my body at the time. I wasn't there. I didn't know that I was crying because I was almost not part of that whole exchange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him saying that to me, I think that's, that's the moment that I realized that that was in fact what was happening and that it wasn't okay. And that it had happened quite a lot within our relationship. And it happened for a few reasons. I mean, um, it's one of those hard things where I'm like, I let it happen. But at the same time, there was not a lot I could do about it. You know, he was a big guy. He was so much bigger than me. I was afraid of him already because of these crazy reactions that he'd have to things. Mm. That I was afraid of him. I'd, I'd basically let him do whatever he wanted. Um, regardless of if there was true consent there or not. Uh, because I was afraid of him, he'd overpower me. There was not a lot I could do about it. So, you know, it just was what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've now learnt that I actually dissociated through a lot of those situations. So, yeah. Yeah, but like, that was just the way you had to survive. Yeah. Yeah, not just physically, but like mentally and, mo- and emotionally as well. Like, I think your body was just, like, you probably didn't even do it on purpose. Your body was just like, this is the only way you can survive is by literally just like, shutting yourself down and like like you said as if like your soul is somewhere else Mm -mm. because yeah because as you said he was a big he was a big guy and he obviously was fine letting out his emotions through being physical so Mm. yeah who's to tell if he would actually hit you if you were to say no Mm. yeah but it wasn't even just like that i was physically afraid of him sometimes Mm. it was just easier to like to stop saying no Mm than to to risk having hours and hours of fighting not that i would really even fight but i can hardly call it fighting because i'd just be yelled at Mm -hmm. and told how horrible i was and how i was not a very good girlfriend because i wasn't giving him what he wanted and um you know all of those things and it was just an uncomfortable thing to deal with um so it's now one of those things i I'm all for enthusiastic consent because I think consent can be a very blurred line Mm -hmm. because I think for him, he'd be like, well, you did give me consent because you stopped saying no. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but I was literally crying. I don't, (laughs) I don't know how that can be classed as true consent. So yeah, I'm all for the enthusiastic consent. Now, if any, at any point someone stops being enthusiastic, I think it's done. (laughs) It's just so, it's just so, like, baffling for me, because for so many people, it literally should just be common sense. Like, Mm. it'd be like, say, like, say if I was to, like, you know, lightly tap you on the shoulder with my hand, Mm. you you wouldn't cry. But if I, say, really hit you badly on the shoulder and hurt you, you'd cry. And I'd think, oh, that hurt you. I should Mm. probably stop. That's actually hurting her. It just baffles me that there's people that 
can't see like oh you wouldn't hurt someone so much that they cry but you think like oh if they're crying during sex but sexual assault like you think it just that just that just baffles me that that just didn't click in its head i think for him and perhaps a lot of men i'm not sure i have mm. yeah there's a, a huge sense of entitlement yes um mm-hmm. you know like she's my girlfriend in some way they feel like they can they have some form of ownership over us they are deserving of sex or intimacy or whatever because that's what happens in relationships and i mean there are points in time where you're just not into it and that that needs to be okay yeah Um, and unfortunately in this relationship it wasn't and I think probably in a lot of relationships, but it's just not something that's openly talked about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And just also the way as well with him saying like that it's the onus is on you. Like what's wrong with you for you to be crying? Like why can't you change and want this? Like it's, it is so messed up. Like, yeah, like you said, it's not just him. Many, many men do think that way. They, they put it all on the women that's, it's their fault that they're not into it or they don't want it when it's like they have to, mm. they have to have sex, but like yeah. you don't. And even if you, even if you're in the middle of sex, you can like stop it any bloody time mm. you want. Like it's just, yeah, I definitely think the interesting thing about that, that phrase that he said, which still plays on my mind even to this day after we've been broken up for many years. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he said, I wish you wouldn't cry makes me feel like I'm raping. It had nothing to do with the fact that he shouldn't have been raping me. He just mm. didn't want me to cry while he did it. Yeah. Uh, Cause that made him feel bad. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's your fault that he feels bad for raping you. Like I'm, that's, I know it just, it's baffling, but I mean, that's just the person that he was. Yeah. And yeah, there's. I mean, there's not a lot that I can do about it now. I've, there's a lot of things to process with that mm. and to, you know, come to the realisation that you're being sexually assaulted by your partner whom you love. Like, mm. there's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah. So what happened then with the relationship after you had that realisation? What happens? Because I think when... Because before we had this interview, we discussed how you actually for a couple of years you were planning on breaking up with him but Mm. obviously anyone that has been in in an abusive relationship would know that it's not just a quick and easy like oh break up we're done poof we're done whatever like it is a process because you don't know how they're going to react and you said earlier like he would threaten to take his own life even that's all yeah yeah there was the constant you know up and down in his moods and personality and and I yeah I had been planning on leaving him for quite some time and yeah he'd say things like if I didn't have you I'd kill myself or if you broke up with me I'd kill myself and that was such a heavy burden to carry because I didn't want to be the reason that someone you know is no longer here but also I don't want to carry that guilt around for the rest of my life like if that does happen so yeah there was there's that and I don't know there was a lot of planning that went into the breakup on my end because yeah I felt unsafe I didn't know what his reaction was going to be in my head it was going to be so much worse than in reality 
it actually was. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was probably a couple of years. I knew for at least that long that we weren't in a healthy relationship and that I did need to leave. But yeah, planning, planning a breakup was something that it, I was doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you know, these things kept popping up where I was like, I can't do it now because, you know, it'll make me look bad. <laughs> you know, these things happened for him health wise and accidents happened and whatnot. And I was like, I just can't do it at the moment because I'll look like a bad person. Mm. And I know that I'm not a bad person and I just don't want to be reflected in that way. So yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of planning that went into it. And in the end, I decided to do it when I knew I was leaving the country. So I ended up doing it the night before I left because I knew I was going on this holiday and there'd be that separation. Even if he was going to go crazy and do something to hurt me or whatever it may be, I was not accessible to him. So I think that really helped. Although I really struggled with the breakup, uh, I think doing it that way was really helpful for me because it gave me that space and time of not being physically close to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though after we'd broken up, I continued to message him and stay in contact because I was literally, I feel like I was addicted to him and the drama and everything that went on with that relationship because I'd had it for so long. I didn't know how to not have it anymore. So it was kind of a long drawn out process, but yeah, personally for me, the best thing was doing it right before I went away because I just was, you know, far away from him Mm. and I had that sense of safety. And I do love as well that it was an extra little F you did it on your, was it your 60th anniversary? <laughs> that is like the biggest F you ever. I love I it. I know. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't plan on doing it specifically on that day for any reason other than I was going overseas. I had to do it then or else I feel like I wasn't going to do it. You know, I could still be with this horrible person. Um, but yeah, now that I think about it, I'm like, it's kind of iconic that yeah. I broke up with him <laughs> on yes. our anniversary. So then I tried, I tried to do it earlier. Um, you know, I feel like with a lot of breakups, there's kind of, there's an initial breakup, which mm. you're like, oh no, I'll change. And I got all those uh, things from him where he, you know, made promises and things were going to change and then they didn't. So I tried a couple of times to end it and it just wasn't happening so you know it ended up being then and it is what it is but yeah it was it was a definitely a hard time of my life hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. During the breakup process, though, you have said earlier that it was a very long process for you. So like six, 12 months of 
really just trying to get through the trauma and it was like a really big transition but Mm. for him it was pretty much just like he just went to some other girlfriend to other person yeah what was that like you're going through all this emotional stress you you put yourself into you did therapy which thank you (laughs) like as soon as i hear i I, i've been trying to find a perfect therapist but as soon as i hear someone goes to therapy i'm just like yes yeah yes but what was that like? You did all this work on yourself, finding yourself, working on yourself, and you went through all this emotional stress, and then to hear, oh, you know, he's just going to some other girlfriend. He's got another mm. girl. Yeah. Yeah, I think our our reactions to the breakup were like chalk and cheese. Mm. He seemed to be totally fine with it, you know, from what I could see. I mean, I we pretty much didn't have much contact after the you know, the month or so that we had of that messy, like still talking, still wanting to be part of each other's lives, but not knowing how that would look to then he got a new girlfriend. I, I feel like it was not, not very long. Like, and he had a proper new girlfriend where he would, they were spending time with each other. They were posting about each other. They had changed their relationship status on Facebook. Um, and you know, I was literally unable to function (laughs) so our reactions were very different and it it almost hurt me like it kept traumatizing me more and I was get feeling more hurt and hurt as his reaction I guess was not meeting what I expected it to be a little bit as well yeah so yeah I mean like you said I went on my healing journey but before that kind of happened I definitely hit a real rock bottom Mm. for me that looked like um, a deep depression and a lot, my heightened anxiety. I was diagnosed when I did eventually go to therapy. I was diagnosed with an adjustment disorder, and that kind of, in a lot of ways, mimics PTSD. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've kind of gone over some of the things that I experienced in that relationship. And to be honest, I'm not all that surprised. <laughs> you know, having something like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of went on my own mental health journey and it was a real healing journey as well. Mm-hmm. But so it was kind of, it felt like a very long process at the time, but now in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I spent six months feeling miserable, mm-hmm. but then I was like, right, I've got to take charge of this and heal myself. Cause no one else is going to do it for, for me. Um, I can choose to be miserable for the rest of my life and hold on to this or I can move on and get over it like he certainly seems to have. Mm. So, yeah, I kind of embarked on a bit of a journey. <laughs> yeah. And when you're going through that much stress, because, you know, it was, a, it was six long years of being mm. in a relationship where you just have to basically be on all the time, like be, just be ready to prepare yourself that he's going to do something to you Mm. and when you're going through that aftermath of that ongoing stress afterwards you you said to me earlier that like it affected your memory a lot and sometimes you would end up in places like the supermarket with no shoes on and like what was that like because that because you would have then be I could imagine you'd be frustrated with yourself being like why am I not living my life like Mm. why is this still affecting me Yeah, it was definitely hard because I feel like I went from being someone who I've always been very ambitious and like goal orientated and relatively successful. And I, you know, I achieved the things that I set out to achieve. And then suddenly I couldn't remember to eat throughout the day or I couldn't remember to 
I don't know, take a shit, like general li- daily living, I was really struggling with. Like, yeah, you said, I, I turned up at the supermarket a number of times. I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm here for and I'm not wearing shoes. And it was just such a hard time. I even, I had to do things like every time I wanted to go anywhere, I had to use my maps on my phone because I couldn't remember how to get anywhere. So it was it was really hard to go through that when I was not really someone who'd ever experienced that before. I was always very switched on. I remembered everything. And then suddenly I couldn't remember how to do basic care for myself. So it was definitely hard. And I think that was the point when I was like, I need to get therapy because I can't see this changing. Like it's not getting better. It seems to be getting worse almost Mm. because that, that reaction was a little bit delayed. That didn't happen straight away. I kind of sunk into a depression first where I just was, you know, so sad and I was mourning, I, I guess what I thought the relationship could have been as well. And all the promises that he made that never eventuated. So I was, I was kind of going through this period of mourning and then that, you know, went on for, I don't know, a few months. And that's when it turned into this completely losing the plot, (laughs) not being able to do anything. I really, I went about 12 months without properly being able to work, Mm. maybe even longer. And that was hard because I mean, I'm I'm self-employed, so it definitely took a toll on things. I had a mortgage to pay, so it was a very stressful time as well. And yeah, I just kind of spiraled. But at that point when things were just really bad and I was like, I can't look after myself. That's when I was like, I have to do something about this. Cause at the end of the day, it's me that's got to do something. No one else does. So yeah, I went and got therapy. I did that for a while and I still continue to do that to this day. I actually love it so much. And I, I don't know that I'll ever stop going to therapy. I think it's the best. Yes, it's good. Uh, And I got a life coach, so I work with her as well. And we kind of work on similar things to what I do in therapy, but, you know, also in a different way. So it's good to have different people's perspectives on things. Yeah. I stopped focusing on the things that made me unhappy and started choosing to do all the things that made me happy. Mm -hmm. Uh. I I stopped like wanting to date people, which was an interesting thing. I just am no longer really interested in dating anymore. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, there's been a lot of different things that have come out of it that I guess I wasn't expecting. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to me while also being the worst. Yeah, because you've come out now as the person that you always was but because of him Mm. he suppressed who you actually were meant to be and who you who you were because of his actions towards you yeah did you ever try to contact any of the many girlfriends that he started relationships with like did you ever have concerns like if he was doing the same things to them or did you ever think like oh is he not doing the same things to them as to me like why was it only me Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I did actually. I have reached out to one of his past girlfriends, the one that was before me, Mm. because I I kind of knew her already. Uh, So we we were in similar circles. And 
I reached out to her basically because I wanted to know if she experienced the same thing. Mm. It turns out that she hadn't experienced exactly the same thing, which in some ways I was like, well, why did I get that? And I guess in a lot of ways too, I was then like, well, if she didn't experience it, did I really experience it as bad as what I think I did? Mm. Like maybe I, I was just being dramatic like he always accused me of, or maybe I was just thinking into it too much. Maybe it wasn't that bad. And I was like, no, Liv, you've got to stop that because it was horrendous. You went through something traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, just because someone else didn't doesn't mean that your experience is less valid. So I really... Um, yeah, it was interesting to, to reach out to her and get that similar feedback. And it's kind of cool because we are now friends. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so, so cool. Yeah, I like we catch that. up occasionally. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I haven't spoken to or reached out to any of the girlfriends since, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the ones after me. I just felt like that maybe wasn't appropriate. And also... I spent a lot of time worrying about them as far as, you know, I've spent many therapy sessions crying. Like, what if he's doing the same thing to them? I can't cope with myself if I do nothing. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's not much that I can do about it. If I was to reach out to someone and be like, hey, he's a terrible person. You shouldn't be with him. Like, then I just look like the crazy one. There's not a lot you can do without... You know, also putting myself in danger. If I was, I was just going to say that, yeah. if I was to reach out to a, a current or you know any form of girlfriend, and he was to find out about that, mm. I honestly don't know what would happen. Um, I think it would antagonize him more than what it's worth. As much mm. as I'd love to be able to help, literally anyone that's going through something similar, I I can't be putting myself in danger like that. Mm. Um, and to be honest, it's none of my business. If I can't control his, you know, what he's, what he's doing to people now. Um, I mean, I talk about it openly enough with people. I think if they're going to find out about it, they'll find out about it, but I, I don't need to be the one literally messaging them and letting them know because it's not my place yeah exactly yeah and like you said you have to also put your safety first yeah like you like you've said that yeah you already have like this fear at the back of your head like what if one day he does get aggravated about our our past relationship again like you got to put your safety first because he is a violent person Mm. i also have to ask as well over the past couple of years there's been a lot of big stories come out about women that have been killed by their partners in Mm -hmm. abusive relationships um for example last year i think it was in it was like february or march there was a woman that was um killed by her former partner and he also killed their children as well in Mm -hmm. a um, car fire when you see stories like that now uh does that re-traumatize you or do you see those stories and you think i'm so glad i got out of that situation that could have been me yeah I don't know that they re-traumatize me. I think they're definitely triggering for me. Yeah. Um, and they will make me think about some of the things that did happen in our relationship. I, I try not to kind of go over it and go over it and go over it. Um, 
but at the same time, I do look at those stories. I'm like, man, I feel like that could have been my future. If I had have stayed, I do have fears that that's, that's what would have happened because I, I think, yeah, if I had have stayed, I, I don't think it would have been forever. Cause I think eventually you've got to leave something like that. Cause it was going to escalate. Things yeah. did escalate. Um, you know, I don't think there's all that much worse that it could have gotten without it getting to that point. Mm. So yeah, it's one of those hard things. He was never really pulled up on bad behavior by anyone. So I think it would just get worse. And yeah, although they, those stories don't traumatize me, I feel like there is that little trigger that happens and I'm definitely passionate about it. Like I think it brings up the opportunity for me to talk about, you know, what happened to me and my story with people, which is good because sometimes it's a hard thing to bring up. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it is hard seeing those things, but also I, I quite like it because I think it's good for people to see that it's happening and it's happening in our communities. It's not actually something that just happens far away. So yeah. Yeah. And it's happening to people that, we may think are in perfect relationships, but really, like, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Yeah, definitely, because mm. outwardly, even the relationship that I was in, I think a lot of people had no idea. There mm. are some that definitely should have uh, and probably did, mm. but a lot had would have had no idea. And, and I think a lot of that was because of me. I definitely didn't let people know how bad it was. I did everything to make it appear to be a healthy functioning relationship Mm. Um, because there is some shame that comes with having a terrible relationship you a little bit blame yourself yeah Uh, yeah no one wants to be in a bad relationship and have people know about it so yeah I think it's one of those hard things that I didn't want people to know but at the same time it is the sort of thing we should be talking about people should know if someone's got a, a shitty partner, I feel like it's not that hard to, to pick it. And mm. yeah, we should be talking about it more. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great to hear though that you're in a good place now. It's been, would you say, two years mm-hmm. since the breakup and you said you found your tribe of people now, which is great. Yes, it's so good. I don't think that could have happened without kind of going through all of this. Yeah. It definitely humbles you a little bit (laughs) and yeah I I think through finding myself and what I love and being more authentic to myself I've definitely attracted some really fantastic people into my life and yeah which which didn't happen before like I really didn't have friends so Mm. yeah it is nice to to be living my best life and surrounded by amazing people Thank you everyone for tuning into today's episode. Again, if any of these conversations were triggering, overwhelming, please contact 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-RESPECT. I really do appreciate you listening to this episode and also just listening to the podcast in general. This is, in fact, the last episode for this season. I'm taking a bit of a break because I am working on some upcoming projects, including some other podcasts. But don't stress, this podcast will be returning. I will be still doing the same thing, doing interviews on my Let's Chat Fridays and also my Rant episodes on Rant Tuesdays. 
But yes, I really cannot wait to come back with another season and also cannot wait for you all to find out more about my upcoming projects. One of which you may have heard is my upcoming mini podcast series, which is coming out in late August, which is dedicated to people that have been affected by the pandemic, in particular the international border closures and the vaccine rollout. If you want to share your story about how the pandemic has affected your mental health, financial stresses, or your ability to see loved ones overseas, or if you have a disability, please contact me, head on over to my DMs and send me a message. But to stay up to date with the Nasty Woman Club, make sure you give us a follow on the Nasty Woman Club Instagram page and subscribe to the podcast. Anyway, I will see you all on Instagram. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone.